Hello, my podcast family. This is Joseph Helen, your friend. I'm going to be teaching you on how to live by faith. How to live by faith. Now, the most important thing in the kingdom of God, the most important thing in the word of God is faith. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that without faith, it's impossible to please God. The only thing that pleases God is faith. Now, what is faith? Before we even start teaching you how to live by faith, let's define faith. What's faith? The Bible says faith is the substance of things we hope for. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, the evidence of things we have not seen. Substance of things we hope for. The underlying reality of things we hope for. In fact, let me just read for you that scripture quickly. Hebrews 11, so that you understand what faith is. Most Christians are struggling in this area, they start saying things like, oh, God, increase my faith. Yeah, God's not going to increase your faith. Your faith doesn't need to increase, okay? It's enough. Whatever you've got is enough. You need to put it to practice. For example, you don't go to a gym and you tell the instructor, please increase the mass of my muscles. It's up to you to flex the muscles for them to grow, okay? The muscles were already given to you. Some people pray and they say, God, please give me faith. You already have faith. That's how you got saved. It's by grace. You are saved through faith. Salvation came because you believed. And you believed enough for your destiny to change completely. So that faith was that powerful. It transferred you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. That transfer where the old spirit is removed and new spirit is given to you. That's a very strong level of believing. There's a powerful level of believing. But you don't need another faith. You need that one, and that's the one you need to grow. So faith is the substance of things you hope for. Now, the word substance is hypostasis, and hypostasis means the underlying reality. Faith is the substance of the things you hope for. The substance of the things you hope for. Now you hope to achieve something in life. You cannot achieve it without substantial investment in that thing. You get it? In other words, that investment must be tangible. If I want to, for example, be a good business person, I have to start reading. Get, I must get substance that will help me understand entrepreneurship. As a musician, to play a song, I need to learn all its notes. Not only that, I need to learn it together with other musicians so that in tandem we can play together in harmony and in unity. Okay? So we sound like a nice ensemble or a nice sounding band. Let me use the word, the, the, um, the choir. I think most people are accustomed to the choir. If you have a choir, there are many voices in the choir. There's a soprano, alto, tenor, bass when your choir sings. Ladies and gentlemen, for that choir to achieve the result they were hoping for, they need substance. What substance? They need to practice their voices until those voices are perfect. And then they need to practice their harmony until the harmony is perfect. But that's not enough. They still need to follow the conductor so that they do this thing in tandem, in time, at the right time. All those things that you do to prepare as a good choir is what we call 
hypostasis, underlying reality, substance. Okay? I hope to be a good singer, so what am I supposed to do? Faith causes you to go to music school or to go to somebody that can teach you. I want to be good with money. What does faith make you do? Faith will cause you to get to somebody who can teach you how to make money, how to handle money. Ladies and gentlemen, universities will teach you the theory of how things ought to be done. Okay? Apprenticeship will teach you the practice of how things should be done. So if you go to Harvard School of Business, they'll teach you the theory of how business should be done. Because they're not taking you into a business. They're not taking you to a factory where you manufacture things and sell. They're not taking you to a, a, a supermarket. No, they take you to class. Now, business doesn't happen in class, does it? Yeah. In class, theory is what happens. Okay. Once you've got the theory, now that is a substance. You have the theory. You have to put it to practice for the theory to benefit you. So you need to go to somebody who runs a supermarket who will show you this is how it happens on the ground. Okay? And more often than not, it's completely different from what you're taught in school. Okay? What works is always different from what you're taught in school. Okay? Because problems, just like viruses, mutate. They keep changing. So you're, you're taught how to deal with a problem in one way, and then when you go to the marketplace, it's a totally different problem. You go for marriage counseling, and then you think you know it all, and then you marry this person, and they present you with a problem you never saw before. Yeah? What do you do? You have to then grow in that particular area in practice. So the substance is the growth process, the training process, the process of getting to know what's to do. So faith is a very active thing. So if you're not given to study of the word of God and practice of the word of God, you cannot grow in faith. Remember, we don't increase faith, we grow it, we strengthen it. The same way we don't increase our muscles, we strengthen them. So I don't go to the gym saying, oh, can you please give me some muscles here? Yeah. Instead, I go to the gym to practice what I already have. I have the muscles, but they're weak because they've not been subjected to an opposing force. Now, this is why it's important for you to face opposition, because that strengthens your faith. So you don't get bitter when you're opposed. Instead, you go back to the word to find out how to deal with opposition. You know what opposition is? In the Bible, opposition is called Satan. The meaning of the word Satan is an opposer. So Satan is good for strengthening your faith because whatever you try to do, he opposes. What is a gym? Isn't it about weights that so easily beset you? but you still have to keep lifting them. They oppose you. But if you exert sufficient force against them, you lift them up. After some time, it no longer becomes too heavy. So the devil does the same thing. He opposes you. And if you exert pressure based on the word of God, because the Bible says, oh, resist him steadfast in the faith. Are you getting that? That the devil is walking around like a lion, looking for someone to devour. And the Bible says, resist him what? steadfast in the faith steadfast in the faith steadfast in the knowledge you have gathered from the bible steadfast in prayer steadfast in fasting steadfast in loving steadfast in forgiving applying the word you resist him then your muscles grow your faith become becomes stronger you don't need a lot of faith you need a strong faith 
faith that can resist and overcome the enemy. When you do that, you'll have solved the problem. So what happens to you? Not only do you grow as a child of God, but you also grow financially. Because any moment you solve any form of a problem, ultimately, that solution will bring you money. Ultimately. Okay? Now you may say, I tried solving problems in so many different places and nobody took me seriously. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. You don't have to be taken seriously. Okay? You solve a problem. That's what matters. Why are you solving a problem? Yes. Did they pay you? No. It doesn't matter. Why are you solving a problem? Yes. Did they recognize you? No. It doesn't matter. Why are you solving a problem? Yeah. Did they even mention your name? No. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you are you are resisting an opposing force. You get that? Resist steadfast in faith. Resist. People don't have to clap for you. This is why a lot of talented people go wrong. They always want to be recognized. You don't have to be recognized. Just do the resisting. Okay? If a place is dirty, resist the dirt. Sweep. Okay? The more you resist, the more problems you solve. The stronger your muscles, the stronger your faith. And the stronger your faith, the easier it's going to be for you to achieve results. Okay? So if somebody hasn't paid you, you see, they're acting like Satan. They are resisting you. They are opposing you, aren't they? What does the Bible say you should do? Resist that steadfast in the faith. You don't get bitter. Resist it. In other words, continue lifting the weight. Don't say, oh, the weight is too heavy. I bind this weight, you know. See, people go around fighting the devil all the time. Resist him. The Bible says, resist the devil and he shall do what? Flee from you. Okay? Isn't this wonderful? So you've got to understand how faith operates. Faith is knowing the word of God and putting that word to practice. So if I'm going to the gym, knowing how to do push-ups, you have to know it first. You cannot do push-ups if, if you don't know what that is. Okay? And somebody has to show you, this is how you... You stretch your hands out and this is how you go down and this is how you push it up. So your weight becomes like Satan, the opposer. Okay? And as you exert force, that's called faith. Faith is the force that makes you succeed against all odds, against opposition, against persecution, against everything. Now, most Christians are notorious for giving up. You go to the gym, you know, for one week and the second week you think, now nah, I'm so strong. It has to be a lifestyle. If you start something, you must stick to it. You see, there are people who quickly yield to the opposing forces of the devil. And it doesn't matter how many times we cast demons out of them. When the devil opposes them, they yield to it. It's called boredom. Do you ever get bored? It means you're yielding to the force of the opposer. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not meant to do what you like. You're meant to learn to like the things you do. Practice liking it. Okay? For example, I don't like to wake up in the morning. I don't like that at all. I'd rather just continue sleeping. But sleep becomes like Satan. Opposing my success. Opposing my quest to solve problems. So I have to resist the sleep and it flees away. Have you ever noticed if you resist it long enough, it goes? That's how it works. That's how you deal with spirit. Resist the devil who will flee from you. Don't say I was overwhelmed. No. No, you're lazy. Yeah, lazy people get overwhelmed. There's nothing that can overwhelm you. Nothing. Okay? Resist. And keep resisting. 
and keep resisting. That's how you become a great entrepreneur. That's how you become a great husband, a great wife. Resist every force and every opposing force that is contrary to your relationship, contrary to your marriage. If it is your own habits and characteristic traits, resist those habits until they flee. Okay? You get that. And ladies and gentlemen, while I did, be consistent. Christians are notorious for inconsistency. They pray for a while and they stop praying altogether. And they're actually okay with it. How foolish. How can you be okay with this inconsistency? How can you be fine with inconsistency? If the sun were as inconsistent as you, would you see light of day? If God were as inconsistent as you, would you wake up breathing oxygen? If water were as inconsistent as you, would it continue to have the qualities that would quench your thirst and wash things? Would it? Because it's consistent. That's why we trust in it. That's why we drink it. Consistency is what will make people want your goods and services. Oh, but I've had this good for a long time and no one is buying them. Be consistent. They'll start buying. The reason they're not buying is because the reason they're not buying it is because there's a resistance you must overcome first if you are to be successful. If you sell mangoes, they will buy the other person's mangoes, not yours. Because that person has resisted for years certain things that make their mangoes now have high value. Okay? It's the same mango, but the vendor, the one selling it, has overcome much more than you. For that reason, people prefer to buy their mangoes and not yours. And some people get jealous and envious and start talking slanderously against their neighbor. Why is it that they're successful and not me? Maybe they're worshiping the devil because they think the devil is the most powerful thing on the face of the earth. The one that we resist and he flees. Yeah? <laughs> Your problem is inconsistency and laziness. That's why things don't work in your life the way you would want them to. For that reason, you start thinking someone should give to you. You think that the biggest blessing that can come in your life is when somebody gives you things. Yeah? What does the Bible say? Doesn't it say it's more blessed to give than to receive? Are you people getting this? You compete to be the giver, not the receiver. Oh. But for you to be a giver, you need to have resisted opposition. Okay? Resist anything that opposes your waking up in the morning. Resist anything that opposes your consistency so people can trust you. Why don't they trust your goods and services? Because one moment it's here, the next moment it's not. For one week, your mangoes are out there. The second week, you've gone for a funeral. It's interesting that lazy people always have funerals. You find the boss of the company goes to work from January to December. But the employees are ever going for sick leave, funeral days. You know, they always have a reason not to go to work. Instead of resisting what takes you away from work, you resist the work and, oh my God. <laughs> you resist the job and run away to what takes money from you. Instead of resisting what takes money from you, and then you hold on to what gives you the money. <laughs> Do you see how people twist it? I'm talking about faith. Substance of what you hope for. You hope for riches, then there is some substantial knowledge you must have. Substantial effort you have to put in. 
so you can get what you hope for. And the Bible says the evidence of what you haven't seen. Your vision must be so clear in the spiritual realm that even though it's not on the table, you are convinced 100% that it's done. And the only way you can be convinced 100% that something is done is if you have the competence, if you are knowledgeable. You cannot be convinced about what you don't know. So knowing comes first. Then practicing what you've known. So knowing is substance. Practice is substance. Okay? Competence is evidence. Once you're competent in an area, you have the evidence within you that it can be done. Bring me a musical note or something. Just a music sheet right now. And I'll read it for you. I'll sing it out for you. Why? Because I'm competent in that area. Okay, I have the evidence. Where's the evidence that you're a good musician? Bring a, mu a music sheet. Just bring it. And I'll sing for you a song I've never seen before. That's evidence. Yeah? Of what you haven't seen. Evidence of a song I've never seen. But I have the competence to sing it. Okay? Are you getting that? So faith is not having a thick set on your face, distorting and contorting your face and saying, I believe, I believe, I believe. That's like saying, going to the bank and saying, I've got money, I've got money, I've got money, I've got money. Where's the evidence that you got money? It is called your statement of account. It means you have been putting in money. You've been depositing money. So it, there's evidence you're an account holder and there's evidence you've got money. Or a check. Somebody writes a check for you. Then you say, look, I've got the evidence of money here. But even then, the evidence must still be deposited and you must still wait for it to mature. Now, some people don't want to wait. They want things to happen right now. You can only be successful if you wait. That will never change. Generations will change, but waiting will never change. You have to wait. And as you wait, you'll be disappointed. You'll be let down. People take advantage of you, but you'll still succeed anyway. Okay? You know, people look at us and they see so much success. And they think we never really get disappointment. They think people don't let us down. Ladies and gentlemen, we learned to forgive a long time ago and to bless. So that if you let me down, that doesn't really matter. I'll resist that. And I'll resist any form of temptation to be bitter and to be resentful. Because when you're bitter and resentful, you become depressed. What's depression? Heaviness. A person who is depressed has not resisted the weight. There's a heaviness coming upon your heart, which you need to exert a, a very tremendous amount of force against. Okay? Do you remember Newton's first law of motion? What does it say? That objects in motion remain in motion until another object stops them. And objects that are at rest remain at rest until something moves them. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're depressed, until you move that depression, it will stay there. Yeah? If you're broke, until you move that thing, until you resist that thing, you will remain broke. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in motion, you will remain in motion. So the most important thing is stay in motion. Keep moving. Be consistent. Keep moving. Keep moving. Don't stop then faith will work. Okay? Oh, you thought that, oh, we're all just going to cry here, lifting our hands, saying, oh, I believe, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's work. Faith is work. Glory to Jesus. I can see 
uh, wonderful people online. Moses of Most High saying, Good morning, man and woman of God. You're blessed in Jesus' name. Bonnie from uh, Bon Bonnie from Makweni County, Kenya. God bless you. Happy to see you. Love you guys. Invite your friends and tell them the Apostle of Love is teaching on faith. Yeah? Wesley, God bless you. Happy to see you. Glory to Jesus. The Apostle of Love is teaching on faith. Uh, are you getting it? You love you people. Daisy Quinda, love you. Happy to see you. Faith is a competence, it's a knowing, and it's a practice. You know the word and practice. Don't come to church saying, Man of God, I believe. No, you don't. If you believe, then show me what you know. What do you know about this circumstance? If you come to me for prayers, it's evident that you don't know. So the first thing I need to do before I pray for you is to teach you so that you have substance of what you hope for. Evidence of the healing you don't yet see. Why are you sick? Because you're ignorant. That's it. So instead of going for healing, go for knowledge. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why are certain things not happening in your life? You're, it, it's not because you're unfortunate. No, it's because you're ignorant. You just don't know. Why do the right people reject you? You should be rejected by the wrong people, not the right people. Huh? Because you don't know how to handle right people. Because you resist right people, but embrace wrong people. That's why right people reject you and wrong people embrace you. You need to be accepted by the right people. Usually they are very few. The right ones are not so many. And you need to be rejected by the wrong people. Okay? You need to be competent so that you are able to tell that this is the wrong person and this is the right person. You need to have that competence. And how does the competence come? It comes by knowledge. Study. 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 Know the word of God for yourself. That's how faith works. Know the word of God for yourself. Don't depend on the preacher all the time depend on the preacher the first few times. Once you've learned it, put it to practice. Come back to the preacher for more. Put that to practice. You see, I taught on angels last Sunday, but I'll tell you very clearly right now that if I were to ask people, including those who are close to me, if I were to ask them to talk to me about the angels, we'd find they've forgotten most of the things. Because of laziness and inconsistency. See? Laziness and inconsistency. When time comes for money and relationships, you see, the world runs on two things. Yeah. Relationships and money, two things. Family and money, that's how the world runs. So when things are thick, things are difficult financially, they'll come to me for help. But I already talked about angels of money. Yeah? Those angels, they have forgotten. They will not apply the competence, the substantial knowledge. Rather, they'll want miracles from me. You see where people go wrong. If I were to ask, give me three names of angels responsible for money and the scriptures to back that up because faith must be based on the word of God. You'll find that most people don't know that. Yet they'll ask, man of God, pray for me for financial breakthrough. What's that? What's financial breakthrough? There's no such thing. There's no financial breakthrough because even when the water breaks out of the womb of a woman, She's carried that baby for nine months. It wasn't an instant thing. It was a progressive thing. There was the process of growth. The zygote grew into a baby in the womb. 
that water doesn't break through without a process. Mm. Man of God, I need financial breakthrough. Man of God, pray for me to get a, a spouse. The reason you don't have a spouse is because you're incompetent in handling relationships. It's as simple as that. You don't know how to handle a man. You don't know how to handle a woman. You don't know how to handle a marriage. You sabotage good relationships. That's why you're single. Don't blame the devil and don't blame anybody. Your ignorance is the problem. You don't know what to do. And I'm not blaming you either. I'm teaching you. Can't you see? Yeah? Those who blame are also incompetent. But if I know what to do, rather than blame you, I'll teach you what to do. So I'm saying here, develop faith for marriage. You know what? Study. Stop the laziness. Study. Stop the laziness. Study about money. You're not making as much money as you ought because you're lazy and inconsistent. You know, ladies and gentlemen, a few days ago I checked and I found out that we have 600 videos on YouTube. 600. We've been at it for less than two years. Yeah? 600. If we were inconsistent, where would we get that from? 600. 600 videos without earning a single cent from it. There are over 700 videos on Facebook. Over 100 episodes on podcast. Over 100. How do you achieve that if you're inconsistent? If you're not doing research, if you're not studying? Uh-huh. It's until you bombard the world with what you know and what you have that the world recognizes it and then begins to buy it. Money always follows your competence. And if you apply that competence consistently, Yes, with all the disappointment, with all the near misses and stuff like that. All that. You need to learn all that. It's part and parcel of the practice. It's until you've done all that, that money starts coming your way. That success comes your way. But you need to show people some level of consistency. You have to show them, this is what I've done over this period of time. I've got a question for you. What have you achieved the last two years? Give us evidence of the things you've done that can change people's lives in the last two years. Where is it written? Where is it stored? I'll tell you. If you want to get saved, just go to my YouTube page or podcast or Facebook page. You will get saved. You want to get healed? I have a complete teaching on how to get healed. You want to learn how to pray? I have a complete teaching on how to pray. So, even if you didn't read from any other place, even if you didn't study any other thing, if you were to go to my videos and my teachings, you would become as great or even greater than I am because of the amount of word I've put in there. My question to you is this. If we go to your Facebook page right now or Facebook wall, what will we see? Waste of time? Or something that can tangibly change people's lives? And if you don't have the content, why can't you post someone else's content? Because again, the Bible says you can't be trusted with your own before you're trusted in someone else's. Huh? Do you see why people have problems that never seem to end? Because they're not building their faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. How much of the word do you hear on a daily basis? I'll tell you, I study at least 10 chapters of the Bible daily. 
How many chapters did you study today? None at all. But you want miracles, yeah? What have you heard? You'll hear the things that don't bring faith. How much are you hearing? How much are you hearing? But you want the end result rather than the work itself. How much of the word of God are you hearing? How much of the word of your career are you hearing? If you're an accountant, have you gone back to study? Or you're comfortable in the qualification you got from your university 10 years ago? Have you increased your knowledge? Do you do professional development? Do you keep hearing? Do you keep hearing? Do you attend seminars? Do you read books? Way above what you study. We've chosen the life of laziness. And you're wondering why things are not working in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, to be successful, you need to be industrious, consistent. You need to work, work, work. Having finished work, you work again. If you're sitting there waiting for some great guy to come and help you, you'll wait forever. You have to produce the help from within you. And then the one who has the money will come and meet you midway. Do your 50%. They do their 50%. Okay? Glory to God. Don't be too excited about receiving. Be excited about manufacturing, creating. Because the Bible says you're co-creator with Jesus Christ. What do you create? Trouble? What do you create? Trouble or solutions? What do you create? Whose side are you? The opposer, Satan. The slanderer. The devil. The word the devil means slanderer. The one that talks badly about people. (laughs) Satan means opposer. So, what side are you? The devil's side opposing what's good? Or God's side creating and building? You see? That's faith. Alright. I hope you're getting help. Let's carry on. on. Romans 1 verse 16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes. So what brings salvation? The gospel. What's the gospel? The written word. Good news. Wagelio. Good news. Have you found out good news in the Bible? How much good news do you know? If you want to be depressed, check how much good news you know. If you know very little of good news, you'll be depressed. If you know, if you know a lot of good news, you cannot be depressed. Because depression is bad news. Okay? Pumped up in your heart. That's what it is. Bad news. Whether it's hormonal or not, it's still bad news. Okay? Because what you know can affect your hormones. Alright? So I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation. To everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from one level of faith to another. The righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God It's revealed in the gospel, in good news, not bad news, in the word of God. God's ability to be right, his inability to do wrong is revealed in the gospel. If you know that same gospel, you'll find yourself acting like God so that his righteousness becomes tangibly your righteousness. Okay. Do you know that you are as righteous as God? No, I don't know that. No wonder you're weak. You need to know that the day you got saved, you became as righteous as God. That's called the gospel. And that righteousness is revealed in the gospel. And that righteousness will move you from 
a lower level of, of faith to a higher level of faith. From weak faith to strong faith. Okay? You get that? From little faith to great faith. We don't say a lot, great. It grew and became bigger. Okay? The gospel is the righteousness of God. Do you feel guilty sometimes? It's because you're ignorant of God's righteousness. Guilt is not your portion. People who feel guilty all the time are ignorant of who they are in Christ. Yeah? Why are you guilty? Don't you believe? No, you don't want the gospel. You just want to hear statements from the opposer, Satan, when he condemns you. What does the Bible say? <laughs> Romans 8 verse 1. There's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in as long as you're in Christ Jesus, you can't be condemned about anything. What? Uh, see, look at you. Look at you. The Bible says there's no condemnation. If I tell you there is no water, would you still insist on getting water from the tap? I need some water. There's no water. I need some water. There's no water. Okay. Go to the tap. Open it up. And you find there is no water. The evidence that there's no water is there. And you're doing. Evidence always in the doing. Yeah. So God has said there is no such thing as condemnation if you are Christian. But you walk around condemned all the time. In fact, the majority of Christians are guilty from morning to evening. If you correct them, instead of saying, oh, thank you, God, I'm growing in faith. They feel guilty that they're correcting. Guilt is what they believe much more than anything else. But God says there's no such thing. Oh, but man of God, what if I do something wrong? There's still no condemnation. What's wrong with you? Huh? <laughs> Why can't you believe God is wiser than you? And he's the only one that can remove your sin anyway. Yeah? If the doctor tells you there is no problem with your foot, do you still go home limping? The doctor says, no, it's okay. It's just a muscle pull. You just need to rest for a few days. You'll be all right. No, 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 I need a second opinion. The second opinion tells you there's nothing wrong with you. It's just a muscle pull. Just rest, you'll be okay. No, I need a third opinion. The third opinion, that's why you move from one preacher to another. You just won't believe what you're taught. Of course, if the first preacher is telling you rubbish, then leave and go to the one that tells you what is substantial. Okay? If the doctor tells you you're fine, go back to work. Then go back to work. The doctor says there is no sickness. I've done diagnosis. I've tested your blood. There is no sickness in your body. Then just be happy. Now, God tells you there is no condemnation because you are in a place called Christ. And you believe in a person called Jesus. And Christ is the place of anointing. And anointing destroys anything contrary to Jesus Christ. So if you're in Christ, it says you can't be condemned. Because you're in the right place, where all the things that condemn you are destroyed, where your bad habits are fixed, where you grow, you're in the right place, so you can't be condemned. We say you're out of danger. There was an accident, and the accident victim has been taken to ICU, and the doctor says, oh, don't worry, they're out of danger. They cannot be condemned to death anymore. Yeah. And you're still feeling guilty, yet you're in a place where you're out of danger. Get rid of guilt. Resist it. Grow muscles. Okay? Oh, what if people are taunting you, telling you, oh, you did this and did that and did this, and that's their memory, not yours. Yeah? They're not supposed to operate on someone else's faith. 
Operate on your own. And if that's what they believe about you, that's their faith. That's their phronesis. That's their mindset. That's their problem. Resist that one too. Okay? A lot of Christians are so bothered by what people say about them. Why can't you be excited about what Jesus says about you? That's good news. The gospel, therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from God's faith to your faith. From one level of faith to another level. It's in the gospel that what is right is revealed. It's in the gospel that handling money rightly is revealed. It's in the gospel that being a a good wife, a good husband is revealed. The, anything that goes right is revealed in the gospel. And the gospel is the word of God. And the word of God brings faith. And when you put it to practice, your faith grows stronger. Okay? Glory to Jesus. My precious wife says to be successful, you need to be industrious. This is deep inside my love. This is the deepest and most practical definition of faith. Wow, I love you so much. Chichi. That's Lulu. Lulu speaks. When Lulu speaks, everyone else keeps quiet. Glory to Jesus. Our words are full of faith. They're so powerful. Michelle, love you so much. She says, bless, blessed Sunday to you too. Amen. Glory to God. From Guyana, I bless you and your country in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Faith. How to live by faith. Oh, I'm believing in God for a car. You'll believe forever. He doesn't give people cars. You're believing God for a car? You're also believing God for a husband. No wonder you don't have a husband. Because you're believing in the wrong way. Let me show you that person who has faith in marriage. You know what they do? They become friendly. That you know you're not friendly. You know you're difficult to deal with. Yeah? You're difficult to please. You know that, don't you? There's nobody that wants to live with somebody who's difficult to please. Okay? Ah. You are a problem causer rather than a problem solver. Somebody wants to be your friend, you give them a hard time. You keep giving them a hard time. You see, for you to get married, all you need is a friend. Do you have a friend? And that friend is happy to be your friend? And you're happy to be their friend? That's all you need to marry, okay? Look at how simple it is. But after getting married, you need to start learning. Build your faith as a wife and build your faith as a husband. Otherwise, that relationship will crumble. Anything that's not serviced, anything that's not handled the right way, breaks down. Okay? Build it up. Build it up by the word of God. We don't build marriages and relationships through romance, giggling. No. That is a byproduct of the, inv- of the invested word substance. Is what builds a relationship. Kissing doesn't build it. Sexual intercourse doesn't build it. Dancing nice and slow doesn't bring it. Doesn't build it. Drinking and eating together doesn't build it. It is the word of faith that will make it right. In the gospel, it's the righteousness of God revealed from one level of faith to another. It is the word of God that will cause that relationship to work. It's not how you feel. Because soon your feelings will change. Have you ever felt so great because you got a new phone? After some time you get that phone and you find somebody has texted you and you start crying. Your heart is broken. The phone is not bringing you pain. Yeah? You realize that what gives you tremendous pleasure also has the propensity for tremendous pain? Hmm? 
which is why you need to be competent in the righteousness of God. The word of God that makes marriage right, that makes money right, that makes business right, that makes the things you do right. Be competent and the competence comes when you study and give yourself time to grow as you study and as you apply. I say, listen to messages like this. You see, somebody thought I'd blown you, receive faith. No, it doesn't work like that. I can do that to give you the gift of faith. Receive the gift of faith, yeah? And the gift of faith will cause you to perform miracles and signs and wonders and things like that. Because that's, I just inject you with electric power. I charge your battery. I can do that. But when it comes to living, faith to live by, how to live by faith, which is a topic for this broadcast and podcast. When it's about life, then you have to go to school over a long period of time to learn to be competent. Okay? Are you listening, you wonderful people? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's carry on. So, Romans 1.16, verse 17 says, The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith, just as it's written that righteous by faith will live. You live by faith. You love by faith. Yeah? You get pregnant by faith. You give birth by faith. You raise children by faith. You laugh by faith. You do everything by faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Glory to God. Moses, God bless you. Says glory to God most high. Hallelujah. Michelle says, fact, interesting about what Jesus says about you. Yes, yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, how does one live by faith? By responding to everything in life based on what God says. And by having the competence, the knowledge of what God says about life. Because God created life, so he has the manual for it. He tells you how to forgive if people sin against you. How to love. He tells you how to resist. I've just read for you scriptures. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. But how do you resist him? Steadfast in. Steadfast in. And what is faith? A competence, right? Isn't it a competence? It's a knowing, isn't it? You know that God can resist you as well. Ah, did you know that? If you read James 4 verse 7, the Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Okay. Submit yourselves therefore to God. What is the word submit? Submit yourself therefore to God. It's called hypostasis. What was the evidence of things not seen? Hypostasis. Huh? <laughs> okay. The words are similar. Submit yourself therefore to God. Now, hypostasis is to arrange yourself under the instructions of somebody. So how do we submit to God? When we read his instructions and we live our lives based on those instructions. That is submitting to God. Okay? And then the Bible says, when you do that, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay? Set yourself against him with greater power. He will flee from you. Yeah? But that's not possible if you've not followed the instructions of God. If you don't know the word of God, you cannot resist the devil. 
You can't say, Satan, I come against you. I come against you in the name of Jesus. You're coming against him. Good. That's called resisting. But are you submitted to the word of God? Huh? As sons of Skiva, Skiva in, in, uh, in Hebrew, Skiwa. Yeah? Skua. That's, that's the guy. It means a mind reader. He had supernatural power of prophecy. That's Skua. So the sons used to do miracles and things like that. And then they saw Paul um, casting out demons. And they, there were seven of them. And they said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And this guy, the demon in them said, Paul, I know. Uh-huh. Jesus, I know. Who might you be? Give me the evidence that you have authority to cast me out. What do you know? In other words... And the Bible says that demon caused this guy to leap on these seven guys. He went for one, beat the guy senseless, left him bleeding, stripped him naked, put him on the side, went for a second one, beat him senseless until he finished seven of them. Yeah? And the Bible says left them wounded, bleeding, and naked. These guys couldn't run faster than this guy. See, when you see your neighbor being beaten, run. Show a clean pair of heels. But even though they tried running, this demon beat up one guy, finished with him, strip him naked, leave him there bleeding, and then hot on the heels of the other one, he catches him, beats him up, puts him there, until the seven of them. And the Bible says fear felt the place. And they realized there is a knowing you need to have before you confront demons. Before you resist the devil, you need to be submitted to God's word. Okay? How much of the word do you know? In the last one week, how much of the word have you studied? Now, I don't want you to feel guilty. I just want you to be industrious and consistent with the word of God. So beginning today, these words I'm teaching, can you go and revise them? You see, every time I post anything on Facebook, I put the scriptures too. I just don't say John 3.16. I put the words there as well. So that you can read over and over again until you remember. It's until you are submitted to God that the devil and his demons will flee from you. Before then, the thing that happened to sons of Sceva will happen to you too. Even today when we cast out demons, some demons are so stubborn. They cause the person they've messed up with for years to rise. I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> beat me up as who? Who are you? What power do you have? What authority do you have? Now let me tell you a few things about you. Jesus made a public display of you, triumphing over you on his cross. You are defeated once and for all. When a demon hears that truth, their power goes down. And they yield because you are resisting them steadfast in the faith. You are resisting them based on what God says. Okay? You get that? Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Okay? Isn't that beautiful? If you resist the devil, what happens? Yeah? First Peter 5, 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. That the problems you're going through, they are accomplished in your brothers in the world. That means... The word accomplished there is epiteleo. It means 
they are brought to an end. It's finished. Like I did the exam and finished and passed. That's accomplished. So the Bible says, resist him steadfastly in the truth, no, in the faith, knowing that the problems you're going through, others have completed and overcome. Okay? They can be overcome. The diseases can be healed. That financial status can be changed. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Okay? Are you getting it, guys? Habakkuk 2 verse 4 says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. The just is the one that is saved. If you are saved, you are just, justified. That means there's no sin in your life. What if you sin? You are still not a sinner. Okay? If you sin, you are still not a sinner. The just shall live by his faith. Whose faith? God's faith. And how do you get that faith? When you hear the word of God, like now your faith has really grown today. You've had so much. But you need to put it to practice for you to be competent in it so that you have evidence as to why you should be blessed, as to why you should have money, as to why you should be happy, as to why you should be married. Evidence. Yeah? Are you getting that? When you go to an aeroplane and you want to travel to any part of the world or even in your own country, they will ask for evidence that you paid for the air ticket. So they ask, where is your boarding pass? Yeah? They look at it first before they give you access into the cabin. If you don't have the evidence that you paid, they'll tell you to go back. All right? Evidence. Evidence of the things you don't see. Where is the evidence? You need money? The evidence should be your knowledge of business, your knowledge of finance, prudence in finances. You've studied well enough. You know how to solve problems. That's the evidence. So that when one asks for the evidence, you say, okay, bring the problem. I'll solve it for you. When you solve the problem, they will have no problem to pay you. And even if they have a problem paying you, one other person will pay you much more so that you end up recovering what the other one did pay you. You see that? Because if people don't pay, they're resisting you. So what do you do? Cry? No. Resist steadfast in faith. In other words, go and study again. Most people go looking for money. The reason money did come your way is because you are incompetent. Money will come to you when you're competent. So go to competency. Study. Instead of asking for money, you're looking for it. Study. Once you've studied, solve your problem. That problem you keep solving. Do it consistently. I teach this all the time. If you want to be successful in life, if you want to be successful in life, if you hear the word of God, or if you have any form of knowledge or wisdom or understanding, can you solve problems skillfully, number one, consistently, sustainably? Skillful, consistent, sustainable. In other words, next year, you still find that thing there. But most of you, if somebody were to check next year, you said, oh, I want to uh, open a shop that sells furniture, and you actually did. Then somebody travels out of the country and returns the next year, and they think, oh, now I've made some euros or some pounds. I want to go and buy furniture for my friend's shop. They go to the shop and find it closed. The guy did not sustain the business just when the money has come. You see? He asked, what happened? 
Oh, people are not buying my furniture. People are not. You see, you always have someone to blame. You rascal. You always have someone to blame. Huh? People are not buying my furniture. People, people just won't buy stuff. Even you just don't buy stuff until you're convinced you really need it. And that's what marketing is. Convince people that they need your product. And once they've come to you, they must find you skillful. The best based on the price. And they must find you sustainable, consistent, so that every Friday they can get bread from you, from your bakery. Oh, people are not buying my bread. So I decided to close the bakery. Yeah, sometimes it's okay to close a business that's not working. But that does not be close life too. Start another one. Tell them, ladies and gentlemen, we moved from this place, we're in this particular location. Now we're selling pumpkins. Okay? You get that. But consistency is key. And anyway, why would you fail in a business and you have the Holy Spirit within you? Why would you fail? Why would you fail in marriage if you're interested in making it work? You can only fail in a relationship if you don't want it to work. Or if you've stopped putting in effort. You've stopped resisting everything contrary to your marriage. Okay. The just shall live by is faith. Habakkuk 2 verse 4. Galatians 3.11 but, no, that, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. You're not justified by the law. That's why I told you, get rid of condemnation. Because condemnation states you're under the law. Condemnation states, the law says, thou shalt not covet. But you just coveted right now. The law is condemning you. But the Bible says the law cannot justify. It can only kill you. The just live by faith. Alright? Now, the law has this notoriety of arousing sinful pleasure. Have you noticed that people who are guilty end up doing the very same thing that made them feel guilty? They go back to it. The Bible says like a dog that returns to its vomit. You hate what you do, but you go back to it. You got drunk the previous night, you puked, and you ended up with a hangover. After that, you go back to drink. Can't you see? When you feel guilty, you always go back to that thing that made you feel guilty. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 7 verse 5, that for while we were living according to our human nature, sinful passions were at work in our bodies by means of the law. Sinful passions are aroused in your body when you are guilty, when you are under the law. And they bore fruit resulting in death. Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. Grace empowers faith. Grace is what brings you salvation. Once you're saved, that grace will enable you to build your faith as you study the word of God. Yeah? Because grace uses faith to save. Hebrews 10 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Those who are justified, those who are not under the law, they live by faith. And they're not supposed to go back. Because faith always works. Ladies and gentlemen, if it didn't work, it wasn't faith. If you believe, and you believe based on the evidence of what God says, if your faith is backed up by what God says, that thing will work. Even if it takes time, it will work. Faith works all the time. 
those who live by faith don't fail. And even if something fails and they go back to the drawing board and they say, look, where did I fail? Where did where was I incompetent? And they rectify that. The second time they try the same thing, they will succeed. Okay? You've been divorced many times because you're incompetent. All the people you've engaged have been incompetent. Now develop competence in marriage and see if this time round that marriage won't work. It will work. Faith never fails. The Bible says nothing is impossible with God. The Bible also says nothing is impossible with the one who believes. If you believe, all things are possible. So a person who believes will become as successful as God himself. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. That's how you live by faith. All right, I've got to go now. My uh, podcast audience, I love you so very much. If you don't know Jesus, Lord and Savior, please say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and rose again for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive eternal life into my spirit. I'm now saved. Glory to God. Let me say bye-bye to my podcast audience. I only have one hour to record the podcast. Anything beyond that won't be recorded. So bye-bye, my wonderful podcast audience. I love you so much. Till next time. This is your friend Joseph Helen. But can God still bless you? Oh my God. What's going on? <laughs>